0: Hello, thanks for tuning in to the Hoosier Myths and Legends podcast. I'm Rebecca Wilhelm. I'm Mary Quigley. And I'm Hook Wilhelm. Join us as we dive into the spookier side of the Hoosier state. So what comes to your mind when you think of Indiana? Do you think of corn? Do you think of basketball? Do you think of the Indianapolis 500? Maybe you think of famous celebrities who were born in Indiana, like John Mellencamp or Michael Jackson.
1: But as the saying goes, there was more than corn in Indiana. Ninety-two counties make up the Hoosier State. In this podcast, we are going to discuss some Indiana folklore from each of these counties. If you are into tall tales, ghosts, or spooky legends, then this is a podcast you are not going to want to miss.
0: In this episode, we are going to discuss some Hoosier College ghost stories from a few colleges and universities from around the state. There are 60
2: colleges and universities in the state of Indiana. If you dig deep enough or ask around these campuses, more than likely you'll uncover a tall tale, a legend, or maybe even a ghost story or two. Many of these campuses have very old buildings. These old buildings and grounds hold many secrets and stories from the past. Tales of murder, of sadness, or tragedy, such as the haunted Stokely and Allison mansions at Marion University, or the tale of the faceless nun that is said to haunt St. Mary of the Woods College. The stories are passed from generation to generation. In this episode, we are going to discuss just a few of these college legends and ghost stories.
1: start this episode with some hauntings from St. Mary of the Woods College, which is Becky's alma mater. St. Mary of the Woods is a private Roman Catholic college. The college was founded in 1840 by St. Mother Theodore Guerin, who came over from France with five other sisters. Until recently, it was the oldest Catholic liberal arts college for women in the United States.
2: Something interesting is that in 1846, St. Mary of the Woods became the first place of higher education for women in the state of Indiana. And they started accepting men on campus just a couple of years ago. But one of the most well-known Indiana College legends hails from St. Mary of the Woods. So, of course, we are going to talk about the story of the faceless nun, Foley Hall.
0: Legend is that there was once a nun who was a member of the Sisters Providence who loved to paint. She specialized in painting for
2: portraits of people. This sister, whose name has been lost to time, started to paint a self-portrait and legend says she became obsessed with this project. She spent many nights staying up late to work on her self-portrait. Staying up so
1: late multiple nights in a row caused the sister to fall ill and she became too sick to finish her portrait. The sister passed away without completing her masterpiece. It is said that the sister haunted Foley Hall and the church. She is always seen without a face. People believe she's seen faceless because she failed to complete her self-portrait.
0: According to the Sisters of Providence website, there was an article titled A Faceless Ghost that was written in 1974 for the college news magazine, The Woods. The article was reprinted in 1986 in the January issue of Community, which is the Sisters of Providence newsletter.
2: Yes, the original article was written by Sister Dawn Weski who was a senior at St. Mary of the Woods back in 1974, and she now ministers as a general officer of the congregation. I just want to give listeners a little background information about the Sisters of Providence, and this is from their website. The Sisters of Providence of St. Mary of the Woods, Indiana, are a congregation of Roman Catholic women, religious sisters, who minister throughout the United States and Taiwan. St. Mother Theodore Guerin founded the Sisters of Providence in 1840. The congregation has a mission of being God's providence in the world by committing to performing works of love, mercy, and justice in service among
1: God's people. They are an amazing group of women who work tirelessly to better the world. The Sisters of Providence article is an interview with Sister Esther Newport, who taught in the art department from 1931 to 1964. The art department was located in Foley Hall. According to this interview with Sister Esther, the legend of the faceless nun at Foley Hall began in the early 1930s.
0: Foley Hall was built in 1860. It was originally built for St. Mary's Institute, which later changed its name to St. Mary of the Woods College. I have looked into the history of the building, and I think it's neat that it was
2: built in three stages. And according to the Sisters of Providence website, The north part of the building was the oldest part, and that was built in 1860. Later on, they added the east and west wings in 1871. Looking at
1: pictures, the wings formed an open courtyard.
0: The building was complete around 1897.
2: Well, I never got to see the building because it was demolished before I was a student there. It was demolished in 1989. But I have seen lots of photos of the building, and it looked like a really neat building. St. Mary of the Woods is a beautiful campus. It really is. It's interesting to me reading the article that Sister Esther was so open about the strange occurrences at Foley Hall.
1: Yes, she was very open about the weird things that occurred. She admits to being afraid one evening of knocking she heard coming from a cabinet. Another incident she mentions is from a student she had, whose name was Isabel, had an encounter with a faceless nun.
0: One evening, Sister Esther sees Isabel standing outside of the classroom in the hall. She can tell that something has scared her or upset Isabel pretty bad. When Sister Esther asks
2: Isabel what's going on, she is very surprised at the response. Isabel says, I'm sick and tired of that nun coming around. She leaves when I speak to her and I never see her face.
1: So creepy. I can't imagine seeing a faceless nun. I'm out.
0: I agree. I'd be out of there. That was not the only time this student named Isabel saw the nun. The article mentions another episode where Isabel asks Sister Esther if the sister who was looking for her had found her.
2: Yes, Isabel once again did not recognize the nun because she had not seen her face. The article also mentions two other
1: students named Catherine and Anna who had an experience with the faceless nun as well.
2: Neither girl had seen this nun's face, so they had no idea who this was.
1: The only description that they could give is that this sister had pleats going down the front of her dress.
0: So Sister Esther ends up asking the girls if it is several other nuns. The girls reply that it's not them. Well, Sister Esther asks
2: if it's the nun who is from Texas, who apparently wore a dress that had pleats on it. But both of the girls assured her that that they know that sister and that this was not her.
1: Then Catherine tells Sister Esther, she was a funny looking sister. And you know, you're going to think I'm crazy, but this sister didn't have a face.
2: Wow, that's crazy. Well, then during a drawing class, Sister Esther had another student swear that a nun was standing behind her while she was drawing. And at first she thought it was Sister Esther until she realized that her teacher was actually across the room And there was no way it could have been her standing behind.
1: The article also mentions visitors coming to see the art department from Chicago. They had commented on how Sister Esther seemed to be all over the room and wondered how she could be in so many places at the same time.
0: Apparently, they were seeing the faceless nun.
2: The funniest occurrence that I found was when this article mentions Sister Esther talking about a very stern German nun that was visiting and had heard all of the legends of Foley Hall being haunted, and this Sturman nun heard footsteps, she actually tells the spirit, go away and don't bother me, I'm busy. I love it. That's hilarious. I know it's the best, isn't it? I mean, that is just the best. This woman wasn't afraid to tell that spirit to get lost.
1: What's funnier is that it listened to her and took off.
0: So are the rumors of an exorcism being done at Foley Hall True. Well, according to
2: the interview with Sister Esther, it was not an exorcism, but a mass that was done. According
1: to the article, Sister Esther appealed to Mother Mary Bernard, who was the Mother Superior in the 1930s. Sister Esther was wanting help with these strange occurrences. After listening to Sister Esther explain all the weird things that had been going on, Mother Mary Bernard set up a mass to quote the article, to quiet the ghosts in Foley.
0: And what is so interesting is that, according to the article, that was the end of the strange things. Troubles, as Sister Esther called it.
1: Sister Esther Newport passed away back in 1986.
0: The building was demolished in 1989. So ends the story of the faceless nun. Or does it? The Indiana University Folklore Archives has a
2: digital record of the faceless nun that's available online. The account is from a student back in the college in 1988, and the student's name was Jennifer Long.
1: According to Jennifer Long, the nun was not only seen in Foley Hall, but in the church as well. This account talks of a sister who walks into the church, sees a nun crying in a pew. She walks over, puts her hand on her shoulder to comfort her. The crying nun lifts her head up, and the sister notices that the nun has no face. The sister understandably gets upset and runs out of the church. When she gets to the door, she turns around at the door, and when she looks back, the nun is gone.
0: The chapel? That's where you and Dad got your rings.
2: Yes, since Foley Hall was demolished, people have reported seeing the nun in the church. She has also been spotted in the Conservatory of Music building, and that building is next to where Foley Hall once stood. The
1: Conservatory of Music building was built around 1913. This is the creepy part. According to a book by Ashley Hood called Haunted Terre Haute, the Conservatory of Music is built on the site of a former cemetery and original church for the college's early
0: days. The stories that come out of the Conservatory of Music are crazy. People report hearing the pianos playing in practice rooms when no one is there. They hear the
2: typical haunting of hearing footsteps in the hallway, and then when you go to look in the hall, you find it empty and no one around.
1: Also, there is apparently a really heavy door in the basement of the conservatory building that will slam shut on its own.
0: Yes, apparently people are surprised when they are down there and it slams shut on them. They have had the door tested and there is no wind down there or reason for it to have slammed shut. Do you think it's the nun? Anything is possible. It also may have something to do with its
2: location on the former cemetery site.
1: While doing the research for this story, we also uncovered a few other tales from the St. Mary of the Woods campus.
0: I am really interested in the dark angle of Duran Hall. Well, this is a legend that was really new
2: to me. I have told the listeners that I had taken a folklore class back when I was a student at Indiana State, and I am actually a graduate of St. Mary of the Woods. And I had not heard this legend before, but it was in that book you mentioned by Ashley Hood called Haunted Terra Hope. So Garen Hall was originally built as a dormitory. Yes, Garen Hall is no longer a dorm. It's actually used by the university as the college administrative offices and some classes. The Woods Online office is in there and the financial aid office. And I think there are also maybe some classrooms in there. The ghost in Garen Hall, according to Ashley Hood, is a poltergeist.
0: In the book, Hood mentions room 334
2: being haunted. Well, the legend apparently goes back to the 1930s, when a mother who was a graduate of St. Mary of the Woods told her daughter that while she was in school, a girl hung herself in room 334. Fair Hall is the dormitory at St. Mary of the Woods, It is
1: said to be haunted by a shadow figure.
0: That would be so creepy just to see a shadow walking around the halls of your dorm. It would be very creepy. Those are just
2: a few of the legends about St. Mary of the Woods. Let's go ahead and move on to your alma mater, Mary. Marian College, or as it's now known, Marian University.
1: Marion University is also a private Roman Catholic college. It was founded in 1851 by the Sisters of St. Francis in Oldenburg, Indiana.
0: The college moved from Oldenburg, Indiana to Indianapolis in 1937.
2: The ghost stories from Marion seem to focus on two of the campus buildings, the Allison Mansion and the Wheeler-Stokely Mansion.
1: Yes, that seems to be where most of the legends come from, I actually have had experiences in both buildings and in my residence hall, which was St. Francis Hall.
0: For our listeners who are unfamiliar with the Indianapolis area, we want to give you a brief history of these buildings. The Allison Mansion was built between 1911 and 1914. It was built for James Allison. For those of you who are familiar with the automobile history... That name will sound familiar.
2: Yes, Mr. Allison helped fund and build the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, along with Frank Wheeler and Arthur Newby. He was also famous for forming the Allison Transmission Company, which is still in business today. He also had a car racing team in 1915 that was part of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He's also famous for founding the Allison Engine Company, which is now owned by Rolls-Royce. And I kind of thought it was interesting. He also had a fountain pen company and he founded Presto Life, which was actually a headlight company for automobiles. The Allison Mansion at the
1: time was built unlike any other home. In fact, according to a February 28, 2018 Culture Trip article by Courtney Johnson titled, A Brief History of the Allison Mansion in Indianapolis, Indiana. The Allison Mansion was
2: called the House of Wonders.
0: I think it's neat that the house had an indoor pool and an elevator.
2: The university acquired the mansion after Mr. Allison's death in 1928.
1: Over the years, the mansion has served the university very well. At one time, the library was located in the Allison Mansion. It has served as classrooms and offices, and the sisters used to also live in the mansion on the top floor.
0: Today, the mansion is used by the university to hold receptions. It, it's a beautiful building,
2: and I have been in there for Mary's receptions for her music. While I was
1: in school there, it was used to host music department concerts, holiday dinners, and the basement pool was available for students to swim.
0: There is a legend about a little girl drowning in the swimming
2: pool many years ago. I have heard the legend, but I could not verify this online just could not find any information about a girl drowning in the Allison mansion. I heard about the little girl drowning after my
1: ghost experience. So my first ghost experience at the college was during my freshman year. They still had the pool operating at the time and students were allowed to do evening swimming there. One night a few friends and I decided to go swimming late. The lifeguards had gone home already and we were the last ones there. I ended up having to use the bathroom, which is typical of me, and I went to the one next to the pool room. While using the toilet, I heard the sound of a little girl laughing in the stall next to me. I quickly finished, and then I ran out to ask my friends, like, why are you guys playing tricks on me? But there wasn't anyone there. My friends were all still in the pool, and no one was around. I didn't know about the legend of the little girl drowning until I told my story to our RA a few days later.
2: That's creepy. It's very creepy, but that's not the only thing that happened to you at the Allison Mansion, was it, Mary?
1: Correct. My second experience was during our spring choir concert. The choir would perform concerts in the aviary every spring and fall, and we would use the upstairs area as dressing rooms. The ladies' dressing room that year was in what used to be the master suite of the home. During those two days of concerts, we kept having odd things happen. Our belongings would be moved. We would come in the next morning to find all of our choir dresses off their hangers and laying on the floor. Chairs would be overturned. The thing is, no one was allowed in the house after hours, so nothing should have been moved.
0: That is very scary that the things were moved. The next experiences you had were in the wheeler Stokely Mansion. Let's talk about the history of that home for a minute.
2: So the wheeler Stokely Mansion was built in 1911 for Frank Wheeler. And Mr. Wheeler co-owned the Wheeler-Shelber carburetor company. And I had to Google about this company. Apparently at the time, they were a pretty big deal. They made carburetors for companies like Ford and Dodge. And there was other automobile companies that also used his carburetors. And one of the things that I love about that Stokely mansion, the Wheeler-Stokely mansion, is the little Japanese tea house and garden. That is so pretty. That's correct. Mr. Wheeler was also involved with the
1: Indianapolis Motor Speedway. However, he committed suicide in the home in 1921.
0: According to an October 30th, 1990 article in the Carbon newspaper, Mr. Wheeler may have decided to end his life due to health issues and business problems. Yes, it's very sad. The article by John
2: Matlam said that Mr. Wheeler was a diabetic and he was actually facing gangrene in both of his legs. Campus lore says that Mr. Wheeler's
1: spirit haunts the home.
0: I think it's very interesting that the campus newspaper mentions people who have seen Mr. Wheeler's ghost. Well, according to the article, there was an
2: assistant professor of music named Sarah Reed who saw what she believes was Mr. Wheeler's ghost. She was at the mansion rehearsing one night when all of a sudden she sees this man appear before her in the room across the hall. And she only got a caught a brief glimpse of him. But a student she was working with saw the ghost as well. And this student refused to return to that rehearsal room. No one really
1: used Stokely Mansion while I was a student because it was administrative offices at the time. My senior year, they ended up hosting a scary movie night in the living room area of the mansion. They turned all the lights off, shut up the rest of the house except for the main floor bathroom. There was no one else there except for us 20 or so students and a couple of RAs. The entire movie, we kept hearing people walking around upstairs. We even called campus police because we had thought someone broke in. They didn't find anyone. And after they left, the footsteps started up again. We were so scared that everyone ended the movie and just went back to the
0: dorms. What about the dog walk?
1: There is also this really popular legend about the dog walk being haunted. The legend goes that three people walk up to the back door of the house together. The person in the middle knocks on the door five times and asks if Timmy can come out and play. You then turn, link arms, and walk the length of the dog walk. The legend goes that about halfway down, you should hear footsteps and then dogs barking. So did you try it? Of course I had to try it. So me and two friends went out one night and followed all steps. We were fully expecting it not to work. So you can imagine our surprise when we got halfway down and actually heard dogs barking. We turned and ran all the way back to the big fountain in the middle of campus And when we turned and looked back at the dog walk we noticed the shadow of a man walking near where we ran from
0: i also like the story in the article about the police officer who had an experience so i'm going to read from that article one evening a campus security officer came into the music building turned on the necessary lights and after making his rounds started to leave that is when he heard the jingling of keys upon inspection He found that no one was in the building. Once again, he was about to leave when a door slammed. This door is the one that guards the top of the third floor staircase. This area is where Wheeler had a billiard table and a gun collection. The officer went up these stairs and found the door locked. That is when he called for assistance, determined to find the student that was causing all of the shenanigans both police officers searched the building. They found no one. They shook off their uneasy feelings and started to leave when the door slammed again. This time, the Indianapolis Police Department was called in to help. Still expecting to find a student, a canine unit was sent. The dog searched the house thoroughly. Suddenly, the tapping of dog toenails ceased. The dog had come to the foot of the third floor stairs and has stopped despite the commands of the trainer, the dog only whined and cowered on the floor. The trainer was alleged to have said, whatever is up there is not a man or beast, and I don't need to see it. That is so neat that they have an account of an actual
2: police call about the experience. And Mary, you need to share your experiences at St. Francis Hall. So I was told that St. Francis Hall
1: once housed all the nuns, When I lived there, I would often hear people whispering in the shower room, random footsteps, but when you opened your door, no one was there. I also saw an apparition in my room one time, a black shadow in the outline of an old-fashioned nun outfit. It was nothing evil or devious, but you could definitely tell you weren't alone. It always felt like you were being watched.
2: That's very creepy. So have you ever experienced anything strange at St. Mary of the Woods or Marion University? Do you have any spooky tales or legends about a college campus in Indiana? We would love to hear about it. Please send us an email to who's your myths and legends at gmail.com. We may use it in a later episode. In the email, let us know if you wish to remain anonymous.
0: To see our source material, please visit our website, com. Please find us and follow us on Facebook or on Instagram.
1: Our theme song was written and recorded by Wet Blanket. The song title is Taxidermy Race Car. Wet Blanket is frontman Joseph Carpenter, lead guitar Earl Wilhelm, rhythm guitar Joshua Carpenter, bass Parker Warman, and drums Christian Kittle.
2: Our podcast is growing, and we're so excited to see all of the new listeners and followers on social media. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us through. Your comments and likes help others find us. Thank you for tuning in to Who's Your Myths and Legends. As always, stay spooky.